Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Welcome into the flagship podcast, everybody. I am Chip Brown, uh, of course, columnist, horns 24-7. If you're uh, listening to us on the podcast, at, uh, the flagship podcast, horns 24-7, or watching us, on the YouTube stream, the 24-7 Sports YouTube stream, uh, we want to welcome in Lance Taylor from Jocks Radio in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Lance, welcome in, my friend. Uh, Chip, man, always good to talk to you. I think third time you and I have actually, you know, typically we have a home-and-home where we uh, do each other's radio show, which we did this week. Now we've had a home-and-home on the Zoom. That's right. I guess four times we've talked this week. Well, there's a lot of pressing matters, Lance Taylor. Um, and Lance also has, uh, he's got a pick, picks uh, website, makes all the picks for you and all the sports at lanceslock.com. Check that out if you're into that kind of thing. And, and Lance, obviously it was, a, it was a tumultuous week, but it was somewhat victorious. I mean, these victories are day-to-day when we're talking about COVID-19, but the Big 12 stood up. Uh, on the same day that the Big Ten and the Pac-12 said, we're, we're done with fall football, the Big 12 came in for the nightcap and said, we're, we're still going. We're still planning for a fall football season. And, of course, the SEC, um, the conference that you cover inside and out, uh, is still standing, as is the ACC. So let's start with where you were and what your thinking was when the Big Ten and the Pac-12 say we're done and you're waiting on the Big 12? Uh, you know, actually, I was poolside with the kids when I started to see the, the tweets and the texts come in. And, you know, we had already speculated on Monday morning that this was probably going to happen. But, you know, when you talk about it, you just never know what's going on in, in 2020. I mean, uh, things turn on a dime. And so you, you try to be somewhat optimistic that the Big Ten can work through this and not make this rash decision. And the same with the Pac-12. And then when I when I ultimately got the news, kind of knew the next domino to fall was going to be the Big 12. And I immediately sent you a text and, you know, please inform me what's going on and do whatever you can to push Bob Bowlesby because down here in SEC country, man, we know how pivotal it was for the Big 12 to make their ultimate decision or at least temporary decision to, to maintain course right now. So the SEC, I know fans in this footprint have become big Bob Bowlesby and uh, fans of all Big 12 ADs right now. I mean, as you said, man, this is just so fluid. And uh, it's just been such a wild week, man. We still got a pulse. Right. We still got a pulse. And what's your sense? If the Big 12 had said, you know what, we're out, we're we're not going to follow through with fall football, what what would have happened with the SEC and the ACC? Well, I still think Greg Sankey, you know, his quote earlier this week was, be patient. You know, he, t- he tweeted this out, be patient, take time when making decisions, you know, you gain better information each and every day. So I think he was going to dig his heels in. I think the SEC would, would ultimately be captain of the Titanic last to go down. But I think the fear was if Bob Bowlesby and the Big 12 would have said, hey, we're going to follow what the Big 10 and the Pac-12 have done, 
then the ACC, who was that ultimate drafting partner for the SEC, maybe they peel off, they go with the Big 12, and now not only do you have a minority, only 40% of the Power Five, you've got four of the five that maybe go away, and it would be almost impossible. Well, I don't want to say almost impossible. It would be really, really difficult, the optics for the SEC to have this rogue, isolated, you know, 10-game season with nobody else playing college football. So I think it would it would have been much more easy for the SEC to shut it down if the Big 12 goes than the ACC goes. You know, Mike's Live was seen as a very, very popular, successful SEC commissioner. What do we – what's the impression in SEC country of Greg Sankey? Yeah, I mean, right now people love him. I mean, he's just – you know, he's, a, he's got a great dry wit to him, a very intelligent guy. He is a Yankee. Uh, he's from New York. So it is interesting that he runs the most powerful conference in the Southeastern Conference. Um, but people love him. I mean, Greg Sankey's a guy. And, you know, I, I really think, you know, it means so much. Obviously, we know how much football means to you guys in Austin and throughout the Big 12. But in the SEC, when you're talking about towns like Oxford and Starkville, and, you know, and Athens and Tuscaloosa, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just – it really is a way of life. And, I mean, it's 365 days a year. And so I, I think SEC fans love the fact that he is not making these quick decisions, that he knows how important this is. And, look, we know this is a dollar and cents thing. But I, I think the SEC fans love the fact right now that Greg Sankey is sticking with it. What, uh, what do you got there on your hat? Uh, so it's a local brewery. It's just the uh, state of Alabama. So they're getting a first here, Cahaba Brewing. Uh, it's just a cool hat. They gave it to me a couple of years ago. Well, I was going to pick up on that state of Alabama. So full disclosure, you went to Alabama. Yep, I did. And where did you grow up, Lance? I grew up in Birmingham. So where okay. I am now. Okay. So no one knows Alabama football like yourself. And you're on Jocks Radio for those who don't uh, put two and two together or only see Paul Feinbaum on ESPN. This is where Paul Feinbaum cut his teeth in radio with Jocks Radio there in, in Birmingham. Yeah, we used to hand the baton to Paul. So, you know, there was a time he was coming in our studio for years. And then, you know, congratulations to Paul and his success. He's a one of a kind, and the guy has just absolutely crushed it. But, yeah, I mean, there was, there was years we were sharing the same studio. And we've still got a really good relationship. Paul still comes on our show every Monday morning at 7 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, but that, that's where we originate, 94.5 Jocks in Birmingham. And been up there 22 years now, Chip. Good for you. That's, that is not easy to do, my friend. It's, um, well, I tell you what, the industry's gotten a lot more difficult this year, man. Yes. Yes, it has. So, um, yeah, you used to be uh, at midday, and, and now you're doing morning drive. I hope, hope that's going well. I know those mornings. I know them well. Well, I get to sleep in 45 extra minutes because I'm doing it from home now. I do it from my own couch. So it's a, it's a little better on the sleep pattern. I, I enjoy doing it more from studio with the guys, though, obviously. Well, what real quick before we get off of uh, Jock's radio, what's Paul Feinbaum like for those who, you know, behind the camera, behind the microphone? Uh, he's, a, he's a really good guy. He's introverted, though, which is interesting because he is out there in front of the masses and he's such an opinion, opinionated guy. But I've had lunch with him. I've had breakfast with him. I've had multiple dinners with him. And he's just, he's a quiet guy. Obviously a very intelligent guy. Uh, very professional. But uh, he's, uh, he's, he's an introvert. He really is. Interesting. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's get to it, Lance. Um, the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12, obviously it's nervous times. I've said, I think, if the tests continue to come back negative, we don't see 
the tests that are happening at the schools right now where they're, you know, they're proudly putting out information saying we haven't had positive tests in three weeks. That's what Texas put out last Friday. And, and as long as those tests stay negative and none of the campuses turn into a hotspot as the general student population comes back, I think we at least start the college football season. What do you think? Yeah, I would agree with you. You know, two weeks ago, Chip, I told people I, 99% we start the college football season, and then if we had some kind of massive outbreak, then, you know, there's a possibility they would shut it down. You know, I'm still a little weary uh, with this myocarditis. We had, a, uh, we had a cardiologist on the show yesterday to talk about it because I think it is really an interesting angle here because the NBA has done such a great job, and obviously it's a different situation when they're truly in a bubble. The NHL hasn't had a positive t- t- uh, test in two or three weeks now, and they're multiple bubbles. Um, you know, no news is good news, as you said. You know, I just turned on SportsCenter earlier this morning, and breaking news, we've got another situation in Major League Baseball, and it was one positive test, and we've got multiple games called off from the Cincinnati Reds this weekend because of one test. So, you know, my only fear is, um, you know, if the students, if, if these players can, can be vigilant, if they can be accountable, um, if they try to stay in their ecosystem, I think we will get a start to a college football season. But, you know, my question to you would be, you know, if we have one guy that tests positive on Iowa State, if you're Matt Campbell, do you shut everything down? I, I just – I don't know what the answer to that is. You know, my, my belief was, you know, weeks ago, months ago, when Major League Baseball started this thing up before the Marlins had the outbreak, you've got this extended taxi squad. You've got a pool of 60 players. Well, if two, three, four, five, six guys get it, move them out, move new guys in. And I know they're, they're uh, worried about the incubation period and how long it would take and, and the spread of everything, but I, I just don't know how this is going to be handled in college football. That's my only fear. Right, and that's, that is, that's a legit fear. I mean, um, I've talked to some coaches who've said, we've got our ones practicing, you know, away from our twos, but then, um, you know, if you're always having the twos going against each other, how, how, are, the, how are those guys getting better? All that stuff, right. but – that's the that's the Looney Tunes of Mad Dog 2020. So um, where it's where it's completely day to day. When and, and, and I also wonder, and just jumping in, Jeff. You know, I wonder. You know, the majority of these guys are going to be asymptomatic. And you know, when you get two or three tests a week, I mean, and 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 I don't even know. You know, I've talked to people. You know, you hear different things about the the, the, the testing procedure. You know, some guys that are really positive test negative, some negative tests or positive tests. And then you've got the Florida State situation where you've got three wide receivers coming out and questioning leadership. And, you know, I, I didn't get the full details of that story, but, you know, my assumption there was maybe people are burying some positive tests. And you wonder if we get into a season with the dollars at stake and the salaries these coaches are making and, and the love for the game, if, you know, if a guy's asymptomatic, he tests positive. Are you okay? I'm totally fine. Let's push through. I just – I don't know how that works. Right, right. No, we've got uh, we got a lot of uh... – a lot of uh, crossroads to, to get through. What, you know, there was some, there was tons of momentum, even in our own industry, Lance, from, you know, columnists like Pat Forty and some of these, you know, prominent voices that are just like, you know, Stephen A. Smith, shut it down. And I'm going, I'm sorry, are you, are you a medical expert or do you know what all the protocols are in the, in the Power Five? I mean, I get group of five schools not being able to afford the testing. I fully expect all the group of five conferences to, to pack up and say no fall football. If, if, if they, if they can keep testing and keep going, God bless them. But you know, what's your sense? Because then, um, you know, we had Connecticut come out and say, we're not playing, but their coach 
has sort of lost his fastball. They're a terrible program. If I'm a player at Connecticut, I don't want to play for Randy Edsel or those terrible records that he's producing. What's your sense of the majority, you know, there in the SEC and, and what, you know, of, of the players wanting to play? Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't come across anybody that doesn't want to play. Um, and I think the majority – and I think the, the two most important voices that we're not listening to, obviously the players, and people are saying, well, they're only 19. Of course, they're going to say this. Well, we've got 19-year-olds right now in Afghanistan that are fighting for our country, you know. And I know it's different because we're talking about amateurs to people being paid. But the, the two loudest voices to meet you, the players, it's their safety, and the parents, and you've got parents now in the Big Ten that are livid about the, the, the decision that Kevin Warren of the Big Ten Conference made. They're confused. How do you roll out this schedule? And then six days later, you talk about it's way too dangerous. We've got to shut down the entire season. And then, but yet we're going to let kids still come back to campus. You can still go to, you know, on-campus cafeterias, and you can get in the dorms, and you guys can go in classrooms. It's just a lot of hypocrisy going on. And I just don't, and I go back to Greg Sankey's quote, we gain better information every day. And I was a little critical of Greg Sankey and the SEC when they decided to ultimately push the season back to the end of September. And Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, I said, I think they're doing it right, moving this thing up to early September, having a little leeway if you have to postpone or reschedule some games, you've got the ability to do that on the backside. Now it looks like Greg Sankey and the SEC just wanted to wait this thing out and gain more information. But the feedback I'm getting, um, the majority of the universities want to go. There's two or three I heard were kind of pushing back and were hesitant. Um, I did hear Alabama and Georgia were kind of leading the charge on this thing, which I guess would be expected. Um, but I haven't come across a player yet that said, don't want to play. Yeah. When we, um, when we just talk football and we talk about the SEC and the schedules – you know, the, the revamped schedules, the 10-game conference schedules, who won and who lost in the schedule game in the SEC? It's, it's quite comical, and I'm sure you've heard about this conference call that went down on Thursday from the SEC coaches, and they, they, they said it got heated. Um, I can only imagine because the big winners were, get this, LSU, Georgia, and Alabama. Losers were Missouri and Arkansas. LSU gets Vanderbilt and Missouri as their add-ons, okay? Georgia gets Mississippi State and Arkansas as their add-ons. Alabama gets Missouri and Kentucky. On the bottom side, Missouri gets first year, uh, Eli Drinkwitz gets LSU and Alabama. And then Arkansas, who hasn't won a conference game in two years, gets Florida and Georgia, the only contenders in the East. So, you know, if, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm Drinkwitz, if I'm Sam Pittman, not that they've got loud voices yet in the SEC, you got to be like, are you kidding me? It looks like the power was really protected here. Now, they're saying it's coincidental, and this is just how everything fell. There was no rhyme or reason to this. But, you know, I scratch my head when I look at the, the – look, and obviously Alabama and LSU playing in the SEC West, they've still got different, difficult schedules. But their add-ons, complete jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, give us your impression of uh, Texas A&M um, this year. A lot of similar chatter about the Aggies um, that you're hearing about Texas. You know, veteran quarterback, talents getting better. Is it a breakthrough type year for Jimbo Fisher? 
You know, I don't know, Chip. I'm kind of, uh, I don't want to say in the minority when it comes to Jimbo Fisher. Um, I've always said maybe a little overrated. Hard to say that when he has won a national championship. He had a special player, obviously, in Jameis Winston. You know, when he took this job and was paid a guaranteed $75 million for 10 years, every other person in our industry said, hey, look, he'll find a way to win a national championship. And I always pointed to Texas A&M has always had the resources, but it's always been an overrated program that's never been able to get it done. And I'll never forget the guys I'm currently doing a show with, Ryan Brown and Jim Dunaway. Jim Dunaway and I, we, we made a wager when A&M entered the SEC. And I guess that was in 2012, right? Right. 2012 was the first season. I said, they will not make it to Atlanta to play in an SEC championship game by 2025. And he was like, you're crazy. There's no chance. So we made that wager initially. We're more than halfway there. And they had. I mean, they were close in year one with Manziel, but since then, they haven't been close. And I look at year one, he was nine and four, Jimbo was. And then last year, um, there was regression. You know, they were eight and five, and you had Kellen Mond coming back with this experience, and they looked like there was so much upside. And, you know, I thought Mond at times looked good, but I thought overall inconsistent was kind of an average quarterback. Now you've got 18 starters returning. And when I looked at the initial 12-game regular season, I said, worst case, they're nine and three probably 10 and two with, with all of this experience coming back in that great schedule. I think they were hurt the most by the 2020 reschedule playing the 10 game uh, SEC conference only schedule, because now I look at it, even with all that talent, they're probably a seven and three, six and 14, but a lot of people believe they're going to be one of the surprise teams of college football, but I think the schedule is really difficult. And I just look already, you've had nine losses in two years from Jimbo. Yeah. And you, they add Florida to their schedule and Florida is is a team that I've told you I like in the SEC East because I'm a huge Dan Mullen guy I've said if Tom Herman won the lottery and went off and bought an island uh go hire Dan Mullen because coach man you know we talked about programs that maybe we've seen their best in our lifetime and the first program that I brought up yesterday on the show was Mississippi State. I mean, to have Mississippi State in November in the college football playoff, playoff rankings at number one, and that's where Dan Mullen had this team. Uh, I don't think we'll ever see that again. Now he's got the resources. He's got a football-rich program in Florida, and we've seen progression. Unlike Jimbo, Dan Mullen goes from 10 wins and did it really without a quarterback, and Felipe Franks came on in 2018. Then in 2019, Franks goes down against Kentucky. Kyle Trask comes in. Kyle Trask is even better. They go to 11 wins. So now – Florida fans, the expectation is got to take down Georgia, win the East, get back to Atlanta, beat Alabama, LSU, Auburn, whoever the opponent is, and go to a college football playoff. It's a realistic ex- expectation. I think Florida can be that good. I want to see them beat Georgia first. Um, so I lean Georgia right now, but it, it's a two-team race in the SEC East. What do you like about Dan Mullen? Like you, you've listened to him. You've heard him. You, you know what his culture's like. Tell us about that. Well, you know, Dan is one of these guys that I, I didn't know how to initially read. And uh, the first time we had him on, we, we've got uh, one of the golf tournaments that comes in town for the uh, – for well, I'm losing my train of thought here. The, uh, it's the, the region's tradition, so it's the uh, – SEC coaches? Well, the Champions Tour. So the Pro-Am for the Champions Tour. Uh, Dan Mullen came in when he was coaching at Mississippi State – and we had him on the show and just, I mean, just such a charismatic guy, very engaging. I know a lot of people think he's quirky. Uh, they think he's way too cocky. Um, I just think he's a fun guy, man. I've, I've always enjoyed having Dan on the show. Uh, he's a guy that can develop quarterbacks as well as anyone. And uh, I think he's going to have a ton of success. 
We'll be right back with more with Lance Taylor of Jocks Radio in Birmingham, Alabama. We'll get his take on the Texas Longhorns and their chances for making the college football playoff right here on the flagship podcast. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you look at LSU, um, Lance, my birthday is September 12th. I was looking forward to being in Baton Rouge for Texas LSU. I, I said last year I thought LSU would win in Austin, and I thought Texas would win at LSU. We're not going to get that game um, but I've, I've told you I commend Ed Orgeron for bringing in Joe Brady after a 10-win season, the same way I thought Tom Herman should have made a change in his offensive coordinator after the 10-win season and the win over Georgia and the Sugar Bowl. He knew Tim Beck wasn't calling the plays anymore, um, and I thought it caught up to him last year, and now he has made the changes, and now he's got to get seven new assistant coaches going uh, in a pandemic-shortened offseason. But LSU, um, we're not going to get that game, but what's your take on LSU? You know, I think LSU will take major steps backwards. I mean, 15-0, and 0, maybe the greatest college football season we've ever seen, Chip, last year. And, you know, not only Joe Burrow, and I did think it was an interesting tweet, you know, going back to the players, and I don't know if you saw the tweet earlier this week from Joe Burrow. You know, if we would have been in this situation last year, I might be looking for a job right now, referring to the fact that he came out of nowhere, was probably an undrafted guy, maybe a sixth-round, seventh-round guy, and now the number one overall pick based on last season. And if he would have been unable to play last year – you know, who knows where Joe Burrow is right now. With all That's that, a great tweet. Yeah, Burrow, just an incredible season. Um, you know, and I got to give Burrow a lot of credit, but Joe Brady, man, schematically, you know, the way he just put this offense together and just receivers just running wide open all of the time. And I think, you know, without Brady, without Burrow, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I go back to that Alabama-LSU game, and Bur- Burrow was great in that game, but Edwards-Hilaire was the difference. And I'll never, rem- never forget leaving the stadium, people were like, Number 22, who is 22? He's the guy that won that game. And, and Edwards Hilaire was that good and obviously goes number 32 to KC in the first round this year. They've just got a lot of attrition. Of course, they've got a ton of talent. But I just, I just don't believe Scott Linehan's going to come in and have that magic Joe Brady had. I still think, you know, in a regular season, they would have won 10 games. In this 10-game season, they're probably 7-3. and three. Yeah, and I'm not a Scott Linehan fan. I've, I'm I've, not, I've, look, I'm a Rams guy. I remember Linehan. I've, I've, yeah. I've, Followed Linham for a long time. He ain't Joe Brady. I'm with you on that one completely. I, I had uh, that was a big part of the reason I had Texas winning that game. When you look at Texas, Lance, what uh, you know, Sam Ellinger, 16 starters back, new new coordinators. You got uh, Chris Ash in. He won a national championship uh, on Urban Meyer's staff at Ohio State, um, and Mike Yursich, who had a lot of success at Oklahoma State, he went five and one against Texas in his years calling plays there for the Cowboys. What's your What's your take on Texas? 
I think this could be the year for Texas. Um, you know, it's funny after you and I talked on Thursday in our other Zoom call, there was a guy that is actually from Corpus Christi. He's a big listener of our show, and he was up at the bar that I was at, and we started talking about Texas. And he said, "Man, I really think this is the year." He's like, "You know, I'm a realistic Longhorn fan, but based on the way this schedule plays out now, you know, the nine plus one, as you kind of brought up, Oklahoma's got such a difficult road, and so everything is kind of laid out there and." Look, this is the year that Tom Herman's out of excuses. You mentioned two new coordinators, I think seven new assistants overall. You've got a quarterback that's got more experience than any in college football and Sam Ellinger. Um, I think Texas is going to have a really good season. Uh, I love Sam Ellinger. One of my co-hosts, it was just a couple of days ago, called him a poor man's Tim Tebow and said probably a C-plus Tim Tebow. And I said, C-plus Tim Tebow is pretty good. Tim, Tim Tebow is probably one of the greatest, five greatest college players ever. So I think, you know, that's kind of a compliment if he's a C-plus Tebow. But I think Ellinger's a gamer. Um, I agree with you. I think Texas was going to get LSU and Baton Rouge. But I think with that schedule now, I think they can, you know, go 9-1 and one and play for the Big 12 championship. Yeah, I, I mean, I remember talking to you last year, and we were sort of comparing Joe Burrow and Sam Ellinger as similar guys. And then Burrow blasts off. And I think the hope here at Texas is, you know, can Mike Yursich do for Sam Ellinger what Joe Brady did for Joe Burrow. Now, obviously oh, hey, going into that game last year, Chip, you know, one of the questions I asked on that Friday, so that was week two of the college football season, right? I think right. both people want to know. And one of the questions, we do a segment called four downs. Where we just ask four random questions. One of my questions was better combination, Ed Orgeron and Joe Burrow or Tom Herman and Sam Ellinger. And to me, it wasn't even close. It was Herman and Ellinger. And then it, you're right. And I go back to, I think it was a third and 16 late in that game. I forgot LSU was up one possession. Yep. If they don't convert that, I just wonder how different the programs go. Right. And I wonder if LSU loses two or three games in, in Texas catapults and ends up having this special season. But that was, that was probably the play of college football that nobody talks about. Um, but I do think Ellinger can have that success. I don't know if he can have the Burrow success because I mean, that's something outside of Cam Newton and maybe a, Tim Tebow season that we just haven't seen, but would it shock me if Texas gets to a college football playoff and Ellinger wins a Heisman trophy? No. Yeah. Yeah, we did. We mentioned the fact that Oklahoma now has to open with K state, which has seven starters back on defense. It was one of the best defenses in the big 12 under Chris Kleiman, who I think is. I like Kleiman. Yeah. I'm a, I'm all in on Kleiman. I think he's going to be as, as much of a problem as, as Bill Snyder was at K state. And then, they got to play Iowa State with nine starters back on defense, then Texas with nine starters back on defense, all with a first-time quarterback, and then TCU. I mean, it's like, hey, Oklahoma, five-time defending Big 12 champ. It's like we're looking to crown a new champ as opposed to what you said in the SEC where it sure looks like Alabama, LSU, Georgia got all the benefits of the reschedule. Oklahoma with a first-time quarterback they're really trying to test uh, the mule shoe magician uh, Lincoln Riley here and how much magic he's got yeah and I just wonder because I really believe the Big 12 overall is going to be improved I think you know Brock Purdy and Iowa State you bring them up I thought it was a little disappointing where they were last year and it's funny that we say that with another winning season under Matt Campbell but I think I've got more expectation for them TCU goes like this so you expect them to bounce back up um, you know, Baylor will be taking steps backwards in Aranda's first year, but I think the Big 12 overall is going to be really improved. The SEC is the SEC. Now that the ACC has got Notre Dame in conference and North Carolina looks like they're going to have a really, really good offense, you just wonder if there's going to be so much in-conference carnage 
And you wonder if you're going to have three eight and two teams that actually make a college football playoff. Well, let me ask you that real quick. You mentioned North Carolina and a lot of Texas fans, um, you know, wondered if Mac Brown was, was coming back to coach just to, to go out on his terms or if he really still had love for the game and North Carolina. I mean, we knew Mac can recruit. I mean, he's, he's been Mr. February or coach February for a long time, but give me your, give me your take on Mac Brown in North Carolina. Man, incredible. I mean, I just, you know, one of the easiest wagers I thought I made the night before college football kicked off last year was under four and a half wins for North Carolina. And then week one, they upset South Carolina and then just a couple of weeks later, they should have beat Clemson. And, you know, I think they went seven and six. I think six losses by like 16 combined points. They were in every single game. Uh, Phil Longo did a great job with a true freshman quarterback and Sam Howell. You've got two 1,000-yard receivers coming back, two 1,000-yard running backs coming back, an offense that I think went over 38 points per game last year. I thought it was going to be fascinating to see North Carolina and Auburn play in Atlanta. But Mac Brown, I thought it was a lazy hire from North Carolina. I thought it was one that was just a Band-Aid for two or three years, but I think North Carolina is probably, now that Notre Dame's in conference, third best team in the ACC right now. Yeah, it's something else. I give him all the credit because I thought, I thought he was you know, just coming back to, to send a message to Texas and to those who thought he had, had lost it to go out on his terms. But, he's, man, he's recruiting like crazy. At one point, I think they were top three in the country in recruiting for the 2021 class. Yeah, All right, you know, last I, I, I brought up real quick, Jeff, you know, I think the most important play of the college football season last year was that, I guess, third and 16 in Austin. The most important recruiting flip might have been Sam Howell. Just imagine if he would have gone to Florida State with those athletes. And instead, Mac Brown gets him to flip from Tallahassee to Chapel Hill. Without Sam Howell, you know, North Carolina could be a three or four win team. And on the other side, maybe Florida State wins nine or ten games and Willie Taggart's still there. Have you given any thought to a final four with the three power five conferences left? Uh, I'll do it on the fly for you because what I had was, you know, I'm a USC guy. Um, I thought not that USC was going to make a a college football playoff run. I thought USC had the potential to go nine and one with their revamped schedule. Um, But I didn't have anybody from the Pac-12. I know I had Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State. So we'll keep Georgia, Alabama. Um, I think we'll go Texas and Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Texas, yeah. Clemson. You know, what, the only thing that scares me for Texas, I do agree. I mean, there's no way Lincoln Riley is going to own the, the Big 12 every single year. The only thing that scares me for Texas is Oklahoma State. Right. I think Oklahoma State's going to be really good this year. Right. And now I think they're playing them on Halloween night, which we hope. Yeah, that's that's always a tough night to play, uh, play football. Um, All right. And I would I would go with uh, with Alabama, Florida, Clemson and Texas. Okay, I can I can handle that. To me, there's three contenders in the SEC. It's Alabama, it's Georgia, it's Florida. Got no problem with that. Yeah. Well, Lance, great stuff, man. Um, Follow him on Twitter at the Lance Taylor. Uh, follow his picks at Lance's. Three and zero last night. Three and zero last night. Three and zero last night. Yeah. What? What? Uh, I mean, you you do it all. It's it's NBA. It's baseball. Tell the tell yeah. the folks about Lance's lock. 
Well, I appreciate that, Jeff. Yeah, I mean, we, we do do it all. And uh, the bubble was a little trying early on in basketball. We're, we're getting that back, and we've got a play today on Portland and Memphis, which kind of starts the postseason in the NBA. Uh, free play, I'm giving out the Phillies today, Aaron Nola. So we give a free play out. Go to lanceslog.com. You'll see the free play. We're very transparent. There's good days. There's bad days. Last Saturday, we were actually 7-0. and um, we're coming off a three and zero last night, so it's ninety bucks a month. It's it's really cost effective, but hopefully we'll have college football. But we do everything, so check us out, Lance'sLock.com. Oh yeah, I mean it's uh, it's impressive what uh, what Lance has got going there, and uh, and then continued success on Jocks Radio in Birmingham, Alabama, my friend. And hopefully we'll be talking a lot back and forth about um, the lead up to a college football season, and then an actual college football season. Yeah, look, man, Chip, I always appreciate it. I always enjoy jumping on with you guys, you and Mike, on Wednesdays. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Great job out of Bob Bowlesby. Big 12 fans continue to do what you do. Put pressure on everybody. Let's get this thing done, man. This virus, it ain't going anywhere right now, man. We got to live life and keep our fingers crossed that, you know, people stay healthy and, and we're vigilant and we, we do our, the best job we can do, man. That's right. That's right. Well, there he is, Lance Taylor, Jocks Radio, Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, Thanks to Lance and thanks to you all uh, for listening right here on the flagship podcast and for watching us on the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel. Um, Be looking for the flagship podcast to drop on Wednesday with Taylor Estes and myself. And until then, everybody, stay safe and keep the faith. Thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with h track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.